Hey moms, welcome to the Gather Moms podcast. My name is Kate. And I'm Rebecca. We've created this space just for you because we're both moms and we get you. Yes, we believe there truly ain't no hood like the motherhood and we need to be in this together. We also believe we can't mom well without Jesus. So you're going to hear us talk about him too. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gather Moms and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, mamas, let's jump in. Hey moms, welcome to episode 105 of the Gather Moms podcast. I am so happy to tell you that we have something special for you today. But before I tell you about that, I want you to know about what we are doing to prepare our hearts for Easter. Over on Gather Moms Patreon, starting on April 2nd, which is Palm Sunday, we are going to offer a Holy Week devotional, where each day you will hear an episode from Rebecca and I talking about our daily reading each day of Holy Week. And that reading will take us through what Jesus would have been doing and experiencing and teaching each day of the last week of his life. And we really think this is going to be such an amazing opportunity for us as mamas to prepare our hearts for Easter and to have intentional conversations with our children about what is happening each day that week as we get ready to celebrate the resurrection. So we hope that you will join us. Go over to patreon.com slash gathermoms or download the Patreon app. When you join Patreon, you support Gather Moms, and for as little as $5 a month, you get access to our Holy Week devotional, and you get access to teachings that Rebecca and I do to different mom groups um, that we put on our Patreon in order to offer you more resources as you mom. Today, so that you can get a peek into what that looks like, Our episode is from me teaching at a mom's group about how to be an intentional mom. I hope this blesses you. Let's jump in. So today my talk is called The Intentional Mom. And, um, you know, I just, I wonder what kind of feelings stir up for you when you hear that phrase, The Intentional Mom. When you Google Intentional Mom, the two top related searches that come with that are mom guilt and no mom guilt. Because I think, like, we hear the term intentional mom and you're like, yeah, <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm supposed to be doing that, right? You know, and it feels like pressure, feels like heavy. So kind of before we dive in a little more, I want you go, guys to go ahead and talk at your tables. We're actually going to do a lot of table talk today. But I want you, I want us to, like, get really entrenched in that word. Like, I want Think about what does, this is the top discussion question on your paper, what does an intentional mom look like to you? Like list her out when you think of either a, a woman you know that you feel like an intentional mom, an influencer, somebody around you, or just like the ideals you've been fed, what does an intentional mom look like to you? Because actually you guys answered way better than I thought you were going to. Okay? Because you have like all these spiritual answers. I need you guys to forget that we're in a church. And for us to talk about, because I think we have this ideal, intentional mom that we put on a pedestal. And I think in my mind, the ideal, intentional mom is, um, leans toward the planned side. And she, you know, every Christmas you're getting a card from her. It's always going to be there on time number one. It's not going to arrive January 2nd, like mine, okay? Or I have to at the last minute be like, Happy New Year, okay? Um, or Happy Valentine, something, you know? Um, but she gets the Christmas card done, and everybody's wearing perfectly color-coordinated outfits, and, you know, it's just so cute and dreamy. Um, or, you know, you know that she's, every week she's taking her kids to some museum, or they're going on some discovery field trip, you know, or she posts pictures of her kids at home baking. She's teaching them how to make her grandmother's sugar cookies, you know. And at five years old, they know how to crack an egg by themselves, and everything, because she spent so much time with them, and... You know, you see pictures of her house, and it's perfectly clean, and there's not, you know, big piles of stuff everywhere, although you guys, there is, it's just you cannot turn the camera around, okay? Um, and everything looks perfectly nice, and she shows up for something like mom study, and she looks like she's just gone and had a blowout, you know, and you're like, how did you manage that, you know? 
Um, and I had a blowout, but it was a diaper, you know, on the way here. And, you know, it's just kind of like we kind of have this mom in our mind, and you think, well, she's figured it out. Like, how does she have the secret sauce that I don't have, you know? Um, and I think that the intentional mom ideal, um, we can either, you know, especially as new mamas, I think we can tend toward one side of that or the other, where we kind of will really lean into the very planned, very structured, everything has to be just so side. Um, and then I think that there are times when we lean into that so much and we get exhausted, and then we become the anything goes mom, right? Because this is not sustainable. So then there becomes times where you're like, whatever, fruit snacks for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you know? Um, and, and, and we lean into that. I think the other thing that it affects where we fall in this intentionality spectrum is what our own mothers were like or the mothers that we grew up around, right? And I think it's important for us to consider that because um, you may have grown up with a really, in your mind, what was an intentional mom, and that was a good model for you, and so you're following that, right? And you're kind of saying, oh, this is what, but there may be some pressure because you're like, she did that so well, there's some pressure. And you may be in the camp more like me, where my mom, I mean, you guys, she would happily own this title. She was a hippie, okay? She, um, we were just pretty different people. Um, she did so many things incredibly well that, that I want to emulate from her. But growing up as a young girl, she was not the PTA mom. She did not come to class parties. Um, you know, we were not all wearing matching outfits at Christmas. You know, all these things. And I had all these little friends who their moms were like that. And so I remember as a little girl thinking, that's the ideal mom. This mom is intentional, right? She's, she's doing these things with their, their children. So then when I became a mom, that was what I took on was, okay, that's what it's supposed to look like. And so I think it's important for us just to kind of intentional, like no wonder, like when we, when you Google that, that mom guilt is the first thing that comes up because I think it's actually a really heavy word. Um, but on the other hand, it's something that we aspire to be, right? We know that this time that we have with our children is limited, you know? It's bananas to me that um, when Caleb were at 15, I remembered um, when he turned nine, and somebody had told me, well, when they're nine, that's halftime. And I cried and cried and cried, because I was like, halftime? You know, like, we're already halfway through. And now we're looking at, he's a freshman in high school. And it really, you know, I mean, I feel like I was just holding a baby, and him as a baby, a second ago, you know? And so you really start to know, okay, this time that we have with them in our home, excuse me, homes is limited. And so we want to be intentional about it. We know that it matters and so we want to do it well. And I think, you know, if you would have met me as mom Kate 10 years ago with a five-year-old and a two-year-old, I think you would have met me and you would have come to my house and seen my color-coded calendar. And you would have seen my lesson plans where, you know, the month of October, we were learning about pumpkins. And so we touched pumpkins and we licked pumpkins and we went to the Arboretum and we cut pumpkins open and we, right? And we, you know, we did all these things and um, the kids, boy and girl, matched everywhere we went. And, you know, because I had it in my mind that, that this is what I was supposed to be. Um, but what you couldn't see was the anxiety and the stress that came with trying to live that ideal. And you know, I think um, I'm so thankful for our very good and very sweet God that met me when Lydia, my second, was very little. And he said, Kate, there's a better way. There is a better way. And you don't have to be an anxious mom to be an intentional mom. I actually want to lift your eyes to something better. And that's what I want to share with you about today. Okay. So as we launch in, would you go ahead and just bow your heads? And just take a deep breath. And would you pray for your own heart that um, you would not be distracted, that everything you came in here with would just slip away and you would be present in this moment.
And then if you would please pray for me, that God would speak through me. Holy God, thank you so much for each of these mamas who are coming here today despite obstacles trying to get out of the house, despite rain, sitting in the seat and saying, God, we want your way. We want to be mamas who glorify you in our homes. We want to raise children that are disciples, that become world changers, that enlarge your kingdom. God, we want your way and not our own. And so Lord, we ask that here the same, but that we would live different and looking more like you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so, you know, we talked about that there, there seems to be these two extremes, right? They either do everything right all the time, it's all perfectly scheduled, or, you know, anything goes, because I can't sustain that, right? And probably at different times, you may have identified with, you know, different parts of this. Like, you may even look at your Valentine's, and this year Valentine's, you were like, I nailed that. Like, I had the cutest Pinterest-worthy thing. My thing was so funny, you know, and I made it all from scratch, right? And then there are, you may be looking, and this was the year that you were driving to Walmart. By the way, you could not do this. Actually, this illustration does not work because I had to go to Walmart on Monday, the day before Valentine's, because we were missing one little piece. Nothing. It's like it is a barren wasteland of Valentine's. They're like, excuse me, you missed it. It's Easter, you know? And so, you know, you may have been trying to, like, put together some random fruit snacks that have nothing to do with Valentine's, but you had to go to Costco and be like, you know, I welches like you a lot because there was nothing left, okay, and you're writing on it with a sharpie, okay, because sometimes, you know, we live in these, this dichotomy of motherhood, um, but like I said, you know, I think um, when we look to the Bible, we can actually look to Jesus to see the kind of mom that he wants us to be, and you may think, Kate, Jesus is awesome, okay, but what does he know about being a mom? Well, you guys, I think actually when we look at Jesus and we look at his relationship with his disciples, he identifies more as a mom than you would think, okay? Think about this. He has all these people following him around all the time asking him questions, okay? He can't get a moment's peace, all right? And then they're hungry all the time, and he has to feed them. And he's looking at a bare pantry, and he's like, how am I going to, okay, let me figure out. Let me whip something up here with this, you know? He's escorting them from one side of the Sea of Galilee to the other and back and forth, you know, and people are getting scared in the car, okay? Um, he, his disciples fought over, you know, who was their favorite, you know, just like our kids do. Like, am I your favorite? No, I'm your favorite, okay? Um, he, uh, he even flipped tables at one time to make a point. And there might have been a time in your house where you've taken a shoe or something and had to chuck it across the room to get somebody's attention. Okay? So I think Jesus knew what it was like to be a mama because he was to those disciples, right? And I think we can look at Jesus' life and say, okay, but how was he intentional? Because it seemed really random. You know, when you study his three years, when you look at the Gospels and the time he spent, it seems like, just from a 3,000-foot view, it seems like he was just kind of like reacting to wherever he was, right? He sees somebody, they're sick, heal them. He sees somebody, they got a demon, demon out. You know? Like, it just kind of seems like he's just kind of like going along, going with the flow with whatever's in front of him. But actually, when you study, I had the very wonderful privilege one time of getting to study the miracles of Jesus and getting to actually look at them in succession as he did them. And then as he revealed things about himself, you guys, all of that was extremely intentional. And if you look at kind of how he, in the very first miracle, when he turns water into wine, and what he, he is allowed revealed about himself and to whom, and then over time, as he shows that he has, he has power over the earth, you know, and then that he has power over sin, and then he has power over demons, and then in the last week of his life that he shows that he actually has power over death as he raises Lazarus from the dead. And this whole huge crowd is there for that, right? There's this 
very intentional succession of Jesus' miracles. It was actually not haphazard or random at all. He knew what he was doing all the time. And, you know, the, the intentionality of Jesus didn't come from a color-coded calendar, like we think, you know, an intentional moms does. It didn't come from reading a bunch of books on how to be an intentional savior, okay? It didn't come from any of those things. The secret sauce for Jesus was his relationship to God, right? And I want us to look at the three things that I think um, helped uh, help us see how Jesus was so intentional. And I want us to look like what that looks like for us when we mom with intentionality like Jesus. Okay? The first thing I think is that he knew, um, he prioritized time with his father. Okay, have you ever seen in the scriptures where it talks about that he withdrew to quiet places to get alone with his father? Um, it says it in Luke 5.16, it says, He withdrew to a desolate place to pray. And in Mark 1.35-26, through 26, it says, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And then this is where, this is his mama moment, listen to this. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said, Everyone is looking for you. You know, it's like a little hand slipping under the bathroom door, you know? Right? But he withdrew, and actually just, I did a quick search on this to find out how many times it shows this in scripture, and I was easily able to find 23 instances of him withdrawing for silence and solitude to get with his father. Um, and I think that when we look at Jesus and knowing that he was fully man yet fully God, if Jesus had to have a rhythm of getting quiet and getting away with his father, then certainly that's the case for us, right? Okay, so that's the first thing. He was intentional and he prioritized time with the father. Second, he knew his purpose. You know, we talked about how he was slowly rolling out, right, this rescue plan as he's explaining to the people that he's with of who he is and how he's rescuing them, right? But you also see that with his disciples, that as he talks to them, he's slowly unraveling for them, this is who I am, this is what's going to happen, this is what's going to happen when I go, right? Because he was trying to instill in them the truths that they needed to know so that then they could lead others and pass those truths along. And we see Jesus do this two different ways. We see, him, um, we see him do this as he went, okay? There were so many times, think about the time, like, you know, he would stop and he would talk about a fig tree, right? That was an as he went teaching, because they were just out walking along, and he sees the fig tree, and he's like, let me tell you about this fig tree, okay? And he, he gives them a whole story. But there were other times when he sat them down, and he had a very specific lesson for them. When he, like, for example, when he sat them down and he says, this is how you should pray, right? And so Jesus knew that his job was to pass along this information that God had given him to these people that were following him. And he did that as he went, and then there were some very intentional times. And finally, and this is really the game-changing element for him and for us, is that he was led by the Spirit. So you may recall that when Jesus very first comes into ministry, he goes and he's um, baptized by John the Baptist, who we call JV, okay? And he's, he's baptized by John the Baptist, and a dove descends, and then it says that then Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he goes, he's led by the Holy Spirit out into the wilderness. Now, this is, a, this is a silence and solitude with the Father, and this is the Spirit, and this is knowing your purpose, because I want you to think about this. He has known who he is. He's around 30 years old, and he receives the Spirit, and you and I would think, okay, go. Like, it's go time. You know, like, now you've got the fuel. Like, get it. It's time to get out there and start doing it. And But it was different for Jesus. Because I think to us and to the world, you would say, okay, you've only got three years, bro. Like, you got to go, you know? But 
that was not true for him because he receives the Spirit and he knows that the most important thing is to lean into that Spirit and let God lead him. And then he goes and he spends 40 days in the wilderness. All right? So I want us to look at a very practical sense of what that looks like for each of us. And so we're going to spend some time in our groups working through those three steps. But the very first one is that he prioritized time with God. And we have to do that too. Okay? Matthew 6.33, one of my favorite verses. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added to you. And there's the famous story, and I, I feel like I tell the story almost every time I teach moms, but it's in Luke 10, um, 41 and 42, where Jesus has come to visit Mary and Martha's house, right? And Martha is busy trying to prepare the meal and get everything ready, because Jesus and his homies are just showing up. Like, we gotta get stuff ready for them. And Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, silence and solitude, knows her purpose, leaning into the spirit, okay? So she's sitting there and she comes over, Martha comes over and she says, Jesus, tell her to help me, right? Which, listen, okay. Um, but Jesus looks at her and he says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but only one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion and it will not be taken away from her, right? Yeah, all that stuff has to be done for sure, girl. But Mary is choosing me. Mary is choosing what is best. And I'm not going to ask her to get up from this place and go make dinner. Also, I just fed 5,000 people with some fish, so quit asking me about food. You know, like, okay. Um, but but, but she, she had chosen what was better. Okay? So I want you in your groups, because I think, I think if we're really honest, I want us to be really honest about this. I don't want you just to give the church answers. Okay? Um, because I, I think if we're really honest, you guys, we are all busy mamas. And so many of us have newborns or infants, or you're in my stage of life, and we're having to get kids up to school at 6.15 in the morning, you know? And so it's like, where is the time with God? Okay, what does that look like? And so, but we know it's a priority. We know we need to do it. So I want you to talk in your groups. Your discussion question says, what has worked before for you in spending time with God. Okay? So can y'all talk about that in your groups? I'll bring you back in about three minutes.
Yeah. How did you say to that? That's a hard one before then. I said it's it's an awful thing that happened. Yeah. And you know, we just have to go on Perfect, I love that. My parents, or my voice is the same thing. When I was during Jesus' crucifixion, the first, like, four years old, when they first found here, die. And so, they kept using that word. I met a neighbor for the first time with a grandchild. Um, she brought it with her, and they kept saying, like, he died. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to explain to her. We were learning about Easter. So yeah. Like, my kids are four and talking about death, and he died. <laughs> She didn't want to come to my house. <laughs> she really didn't. Well, she I mean, Bible app reads it to me, and it's as long as I'm in the shower. 
And so it's just four chapters. So I would press play, I would get in the shower, and it would play while I was in the shower, you know? Um, or I would listen to it as I went for a walk. Like, if you just are kind of in your mind saying, hey, my relationship with God is a priority, okay? Um, and then specifically here, what we're looking at is just those kind of silent moments where we're remembering that, like, a lamp doesn't work on its own. You know, you have this beautiful lamp sitting here on a table, and you're like, that's great, but it's just, it's not doing anything. It only works if it's plugged into the power source. That what we're talking about here is that kind of those moments where you're going back to the Father and you're saying, my power is low. And I only operate out of your power. And so, holy God, not by my will or my power, but by your spirit alone, would you, would you come in and give me the power today? Okay? That's what we're talking about here, is prioritizing that we need the Father and that he would come in and work. All right, so the second thing, we talked about that that was true for Jesus, right? We know there's like 30 instances, easy, of him pulling away and getting silent and talking to God and being with his Father. So we know that that needs to be true for us too, right? If we're going to be intentional moms, we have to be intentional about that practice. Okay, the second thing with Jesus is that he knew his purpose. Um, and I have on here the definition of intentional. And I want us to think about this a little bit. As we think about, you know, have you ever thought about your purpose as a mom? Like, what you're here to do? Like, oh, keep them alive, okay? Like, that's pretty important. Um, but then, then greater than that, you know, what is your purpose? Intentional means that you begin with the end in mind, that you do things on purpose, deliberate. This says when you're intentional, you choose to make decisions and take action on what's important to you. Being intentional means getting clear up front about what you want to achieve. You intentionally set an intention to achieve a specific outcome or result in the future that is important to you. And so I want us to think a little bit about, like, you know, is our purpose having a, an immaculate home or having the cutest playroom on the block or feeding our kids only organic food? Or, you know, having them have the best grades in class. Is that, is that what we're going to set as this is what matters to us and make that our goal? Because I think if we're not conscious about it, subconsciously, we listen to the world's definition of what it means to, like, be successful. And we subconsciously set intentions that have no kingdom impact, right? But we're making decisions in how we spend our time and our money to achieve the world's definition of intentionality and not God's, okay? And so what I want us to do, I'm going to ask you in your groups, I think there are three specific spots in Scripture that help us to see what our purpose is, our kingdom purpose as moms. And so I'm going to ask you to look up those three Scriptures and then um, discuss what it says on your paper based on those three Scriptures. guys, does it cross your mind much that that is your calling in your house? That you are to go and make disciples. And Jesus has placed them right in your home. Those are your primary, this is your making disciples. And it says, it says, what are we supposed to teach him? What does he say? Teaching them everything I've commanded you, right? So the things that we're discipling them in what we have learned from Jesus, and then we pass it on to our children, right? We're discipling them. Okay, the second scripture you read was Galatians 5, and it's talking about the fruit of the Spirit, right? And, you know, I think so often we're thinking about, yes, we want to raise kids that are um, loving and joyful and peaceful and kind. And you guys, you know, because we just know, like, they're supposed to act a certain way, but we forget, you guys, do you know those are called the fruit of the Spirit? Okay, do you know how you get that fruit? Mm -hmm. The Spirit. <laughs> but so often, we're having conversations with our kids and disciplining them in such a way just to say, stop doing that, be nice. Right? And we forget that whole, 
God element to this whole thing, that, that if that stuff is going to come out of us, and it's going to come out of them, but it's going to be fruit that God produces. It's, it's out of the Spirit, okay? And then finally, the last passage is um, the one from Deuteronomy, and it's the great Shema, right? And it says, um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And it says, teach these things to your children. And it actually gives us some really practical ways to teach them, right? Because it says, as you, as you get up and as you lie down, right? So it's talking about bedtime prayers. In my mind, that's what that's saying, okay? Or morning time when you're sending them out of the car. Or potentially you're driving to school and you, you have a kid pray. Or you're playing worship music in the car. Or you're reminding them, you know, like you have a family blessing or something that you say over them every morning. So it's an as you go, you know, as you as you get up and as you lie down. Put it on the doorposts of your house, right? That we're putting scriptures around the home for them. Um, teach them, you know, as you go that we're having these conversations. And so, you know, I just, I always love really practical stuff, and I heard you guys sharing some of those with each other. So I just wanted to share a few practical ideas, okay? And let me just tell you, if you're like me, this is the area where I leave in. Okay, typically, if I would have taught you guys 10 years ago, this whole segment that I'm about to spend two minutes on, I would have spent the whole 45 minutes, okay? So let me just say, please keep this in proportion. This is the stuff that comes fruit of God, our time with God, knowing our purpose, and then we start implementing some of these, okay? So I think we just want to be like, girl, what do we do? What? I got to have, they got to memorize scripture? Just tell me, what is it, you know? Okay, so, but it's just not that black and white, right? It needs to come out of an overflow of what's happening in us. But, but here are some ideas. Number one, um, you take the fruit of the Spirit, and um, you take each of those, and on a calendar, like if you have a calendar hanging on your fridge or something, or in your phone, and you just put the word love for the month of February. How convenient is that? And then you just intentionally that month are having conversations with your children about love, okay? And, and then in the month of March, you talk to them about joy, okay? And you guys may read some verses together about joy, or you may pray specifically joy over them, right? And then the month of April, love, joy, peace, Okay, you're talking about peace. So you can you can very easily take those fruit of the spirit and start to just and you guys and I'm not talking about anything crazy here. I'm talking about that one comes and you have a reminder that comes up on your phone. Talk about love this month. And you have a chalkboard in your home or something, and so you write a verse and you guys talk about it at dinner or you know what I mean? Like just little I'm not talking about getting crazy people. I'm talking about just a little way. And let me tell you, Gather Moms has, we actually have a study called Family Values. And we use primarily the fruit of the Spirit, and there's one lesson for each month um, to, to pass on values to your children. And so it's just the easiest thing, but you can go on Amazon and get Family Values, and you just look at it, and we have, it's on Right Now Media too, if you want to watch that. But it, you just look and you say, okay, I want to pass on resilience to my children. And so you just put on the calendar for the month of July, we're talking about resilience. And actually, you're going to get a lot of opportunities and it's going to be real hot. And y'all going to be at the zoo and they're going to want to quit. And you're like, we're talking about resilience, you know? Okay? And so, so that's just an easy way. It's just to kind of just have in your mind a rhythm of like, what am I passing along as we go? Um, I would highly recommend the Jesus Storybook Bible. Um, that's an amazing one to read with your kiddos at night or in the morning. You will get more out of it than they will for a long time. Um, but for me, I mean, I cry. I cry and cry when we read the stories. And it's absolutely incredible. Um, there are great musical things that you can add to your car rides and to your home. For example, obviously worship music. Um, but then, like, sing the Bible. Um, so all my kids know the Ten Commandments, not because I sat down and, like, was like, let's do Bible drill, but because they sing it. The Ten Commandments. I mean, I can see y'all the whole thing. One, have no other God before me. It's kind of a rap, okay? <laughs> and they love it, okay? But they just, you know, they play it, okay? So they're singing the Bible. Um, I think just as you as you go through this, you just are lifting their eyes to see the beauty of God. So if you see a beautiful sunset, like that little girl's social media feeds a couple nights ago too, okay? <laughs> 
Yes, it was incredible. But that you guys, that you take that moment and you say to your kiddos, you guys, this is Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Like, that's God showing off, okay? My kids, when they were little, we'd go, way to go, God! Okay? When we would see something beautiful in nature, we saw God do something cool. You know, we'd say, way to go, God! So those are just kind of, a, you know, some of those I just mentioned are like Jesus did, where it's, we're going to sit down and I'm going to teach you something specific. But a lot of them are as-you-go teachings, okay, to where we're adding the music as we go, uh, we're, we're giving them scripture as we go, we're talking with them as we go, all right? Okay, so the first thing with Jesus was that we knew that he prioritized time with his father where he got quiet and got with him. Second, Jesus knew his purpose. He knew he had to pass along the information about his God to his disciples, okay? And we know that those two things are true for us. And finally, what we know about Jesus that made all of this work was that Jesus was spirit-led. Okay? And um, so we want to be spirit-led. And so what I want you to do now is to do this in your groups. I just want you to read... Um, oh, yeah. It's Galatians again. So you're going to read together Galatians 5.25... And Romans 8, 5 through 6. And then I want you to take a few minutes and discuss what does it look like to be a mom led by the Spirit of God. Okay? All right, go ahead. I think when we know that God is this trinity, you know, this three parts in one, I think when we look at the Father, we're like, Father, understand that, check. Okay? He's like the, the guiding force. You know, we kind of like can picture the Father. Okay, Jesus, we for sure get. We're like, we got it. Jesus, he was fully God, man. He died on the cross for our sins. He was awesome. Got him. And then we get to the Holy Spirit, and we're like, yo, I think I understand. But can you just go over it with me again? You know? Um, but but really, you know, because of that, because we, we can't, there's, there's this supernatural piece of the Holy Spirit. It can be hard to kind of go, well, what, what does that look like? What does it mean to be spirit-led? You know, what does it mean to be a spirit-led mom? And yet when we look to scriptures, Jesus actually said, he said, the spirit is better than having me with you, right? I, it's better for me, it's better for you that I go so that then you can have the spirit. And I think, you guys, that we have this untapped superpower that is with us all the time to help us mom that we just we just completely forget about. Because our our flesh and our own strength just screams so loud of, I can Google this, or I can figure it out, or I can drink more coffee. And we forget that the Holy Spirit is with us all the time. And that he wants to lead us and guide us and provide everything we need to mom well. You know, I think about, uh, you guys know what's going on with this Asbury revival um, that's happening at this college. Um, and now it's breaking out at colleges, you know, all over. Um, and I think when we look to that, if you don't know, you know, it's been going on, I think we're at like a week now. Um, and thousands have come and they've, they've been constantly praying and worshiping the Lord, just unceasing. And I think when you look at that situation, you guys, the revival didn't happen because somebody had a really thought, well thought out plan. It didn't happen because somebody had a color-coded calendar. It didn't happen because somebody read a book and said, this is how to have a revival. It wasn't any of that. And actually, when you look at it, there wasn't a plan. There, there wasn't, uh, there's not famous people there speaking. There's not this like high production level thing happening with their sound and everything. It's not any of that. You know what it is? It's people faithfully showing up and saying, God, we want you. And the Holy Spirit responding. Yeah. That's that's how God works. And you guys, isn't that what we want? Yeah. I don't want a manufactured faith. I don't want to just pass on to my kids, this is how you become a good person. Right? What I want to pass on to my kids is Holy Spirit fire. I want them to know my Jesus, and I want it to change everything about them. And that doesn't come from me getting everything just right. 
It comes from me yielding to the God who got it all right and saying, you got it. So I have an example for you. My son, um, he, so he's a 15-year-old. Bless his heart. My firstborn, he gets into more trouble than the other kids. Um, and he's, he always tells on himself, so that helps too. But um, he had gotten in trouble because he, um, the boys on the street, they all play basketball and stuff like that. But a lot of these boys are like 9 and 11. And he's a 15-year-old boy and um, is struggling with the things that he says. So they're saying trash talk, and Caleb goes completely into inappropriateness. So then another blessed mom texts me and is like, this is what your son said. And I'm like, <sighs> you know. Um, and so we have this whole conversation with him. We're both just like hugely disappointed and, you know, it's not great. Um, and so anyway, he gets screens taken away. He's going to apologize to all these neighbor boys and he gets screens taken away for several days and stuff. So on Friday morning last week, um, I went into his room because he had screens on all weekend and I thought, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to ask him if he wants to come for a walk with me. And I walk into his room and he's looking at a phone. And I said, did daddy give you your screens back? And he goes, no. And he just, you know, his countenance fell. Y'all, this kid? had gotten an old, one of his old phones, <laughs> turned it on, and y'all, I mean, thankfully, he was watching YouTube videos on how to play chess, <laughs> you know, but he was like, mom, I was just so bored, uh, you know, and let me tell you, I just, in that moment, I just, I, the Holy Spirit was like, Kate, just take a breath, because you see that child doing that, and it feels like personal, right, first of all, how dare you? I told you not to do that, you know, like, and also like, shoot, what have I done wrong with this kid's doing it, right? It becomes all very personal. And the Holy Spirit says, Kate, just take a breath. And I looked at him and he was like, what's my punishment? You know, and I was like, I don't know, babe. I'm just, I just feel sad. I just feel sad. So he and I ended up going on a walk together. And we talked about that this was a heart issue and blah, blah, blah. And we had this really great conversation. And he said, Mom, I really need help getting up in the morning and spending time in the Word again. Because I've really gotten out of the habit. And I know that that's what needs to happen. So, you know, but it could have been this whole thing. And well, and by the way, he did get, like, way more punished. Y'all, that kid, he cleaned the grout in my kitchen tile. Yes. Every, Yes. He cleaned all the carpets in my house last weekend. Like he had this long list. And I was like, when all these things done are done, then you can have your screens back. So I mean, it was slave labor. Like you guys, I hated it when they make bad choices, but there was nothing like the work of a repentant child. There was just nothing, nothing like it. Okay. So I, I just want you to see, I think when we can slow down, it's that it's that combination of like, okay. Father first. I'm seeking God first. I know that it has to be Him. Having these intentions about seeing the end with your kids. I want them to be fruit-bearing, kingdom-minded, Jesus-loving, Holy Spirit-filled adults. So if that's what we're going toward, not Harvard, if that's what we're going toward, then, then how are we going to work toward that place? And then that you submit to the Spirit, so then as those things, as you're working those things out, you get to kind of move, as the Spirit says, go here, don't go here. Here's the thing, a clean house, wonderfully coordinated children, schedules, learning activities, devotionals, all of those things in themselves are not bad things, they're actually like really good, those are great things. But they become bad things when they become the controlling thing. When you are the center of your intentionality, you will always be frustrated and you will feel anxious and stressed. And you will find yourself buckling under the strain to keep up. But when God is at the center and He's the driving force of your intentionality, you can find rest with Jesus as the Spirit leads. So I hope today, just kind of as we've had this conversation, that God has just kind of taken your eyes and just kind of lifted your vision of what it means to be an intentional mom. That we wouldn't settle for what the world says, this is what it's supposed to look like. But that we would say, oh, that's how Jesus did it? Okay, that's the way I want to go, right? 
So what I want you to do now, the last point on your paper is just for you to pick one thing. Um, I think, you know, to the busy mom's point, we, we have plenty going on. So I want you to kind of pick and share with your group. If you were to take one thing from today and go home, what, what would it be? You know, do you need to, to set a reminder on your phone in the morning that says, pray first? Or um, do you need to, I don't know, plan to play some music in your home? Do you need to buy the Jesus Storybook Bible? Do you need, think about, was there one thing that stood out to you that's like, okay, if I do this one thing, that would help move me toward being more intentional God's way. So go ahead and discuss that with your groups, and Kristen will come up and dismiss the minutes. Today's episode is brought to you by Dr. T Chiropractic and Acupuncture. Y'all, if you are local to the Dallas area, I highly recommend going to see Dr. T. I started seeing him several years ago to help with my allergies, and acupuncture has been a game changer for me. T Chiropractic and Acupuncture is located in Rockwall, Texas, and they treat all kinds of injuries, neck and back pain, headache, sciatica, shoulder and knee pain, which are often caused by pinched nerves, disc and muscle injuries. Dr. Luke Barlow has also recently joined the team, and together they believe they are called by God to serve the community as his tool for healing. So go check out their website today, chirodrt.com, and go feel better, y'all. This episode is also sponsored by The Pearl at Sabine Creek. The Pearl generously hosted our event for the podcast live, and you guys, it was the most amazing venue. Barry and Connie, the owners of The Pearl, were incredible to work with. They were organized, helpful, and created a space where moms felt welcomed and loved. This event venue is located in the Dallas area, and it's nestled within eight acres of beautiful Texas landscape. Y'all, seriously, when you drive up to this mansion-style venue, it will take your breath away. The ballroom has sparkling chandeliers, a grand staircase. There's a gorgeous chapel with breathtaking views, suites for the bride, groom, and family. And literally, they have thought through every detail to make it run so smooth for you. Their venue package includes a 15-hour rental, tables, chairs, linens, decor, and so many more amenities. Schedule a tour to visit The Pearl at Sabine Creek today for your next event. You can reach them at thepearlatsabinecreek.com.